Greetings, sports world. What is good? Chris Dell here, your host of the Family Feud Sports Podcast, welcoming you to our weekly NFL rants, raves, and recaps podcast, looking over all the big news and notes from week four of the NFL season. Sitting here with my co-host slash father, a.k.a. the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer, and diving into some of the biggest takeaways of the week, Mr. Alan Dell. What are your biggest takeaways, or what is your biggest takeaway from week four of the NFL season? I would say what I learned this weekend, which is no surprise, uh, is that the Patriots are the Patriots and the Bucks are the Bucks, and that couldn't be any clearer. The Bucks again made a hero out of somebody that we didn't have much faith in, Mitchell Trubisky, through Chicago Bears quarterback through six touchdown passes. I think the most he had in his career before that was two in a game. And the Patriots demolished the Miami Dolphins. So let's not bury Mr. Brady and Mr. Belichick uh, so quickly. Point well so Tampa Bay Buccaneers obviously losing back-to-back games now after the, the hot 2-0 start. All the talk of Fitz Magic now. Talks of Fitz, Fitz Tragic and no talk of Fitzpatrick probably for the rest of the year. Jameis Winston today announced the new starting quarterback for week six when the Bucks come off the bye by your boy, Dirk Cutter. So yeah. so, sooner, sooner than you expected, or is, is, that, is that what you're looking I, at I all I kind of expected that. that I, I, I said last week that uh, they have a bye week coming up, and after the bye week, he would start. It made the most sense. He was a little rusty to come back and start against the Bears defense. I mean, he played the second half. Didn't do much better. Uh, two picks he threw. You're making me look bad, man. He did have one interception, but it's his job. And Fitzpatrick, there's a reason he's a journey, 14-year journeyman. I mean. I, th- I think Jameis Winston's about to become a, a journeyman in his career, too, because I, I just don't see any bright spots or, or any light at the end of the tunnel for this Buccaneers team. I mean, th- I think they got a little lucky winning these first two games of the season. I think Fitz, Fitzpatrick played out of his ass, to say the least, the first two weeks of the season. But teams learn that they put the pressure on this guy. It's going to force him into some bad throws and some potential turnovers like he did against the Bears. And that was just the perfect storm. Mitchell Trubitsky, six touchdown passes overall in the game. What, five in the first half, setting records over here after he's been under fire for having an underwhelming first three weeks of the season. The Buccaneers defense now has allowed 48 points in two out of their four games. They've allowed at least 27 points in every single game this season. I think you're looking at whether you're just a, a, a casual fan watching the games, whether you're a fantasy football owner or whether you're a little bit of both. I think you know that anytime the Buccaneers go up against any team this season, that other team's offensive players, their skill players are going to have big games. That's a juicy matchup for opposing offenses is that Buccaneers defense. And yeah, that, the Bucks are the Bucks. Look, I thought I said the Bucks were one of my candidates to, to potentially go 0 and 16 this year. And obviously that's not going to happen. And they, they might still win a few more games, but Jameis Winston, this guy's checked down Charlie. He, he's not going to be thrown downfield as much as Ryan Fitzpatrick does. I don't think it's not because he has the arm to do it. I, I think that he doesn't have the wherewithal or the quarterback IQ, so to speak, to be able to do that himself. And you saw him once he got into the game, one guy we haven't even barely seen at all this season, Adam Humphreys, he threw it to him almost every single pass. Yeah. He, he knows Winston has his guys. Word. Cameron Brait was his guy last year, and that's why they signed Cameron Brait to the extension despite having O.J. Howard as a top draft pick. Now Howard's expected to miss two to four weeks. I think you're looking at Cameron Bray and Adam Humphreys getting the most targets in this Buccaneers offense because Winston is not going to throw it to Deshaun Jackson as much as Fitzpatrick. Yeah, did. I think he and, threw and one you, pass to yeah, and, oh, and, you, and, you still, and you still got Chris Godwin, a very talented you know, young player, and Mike Evans. So it's going to be unfortunate. I think those three being the most talented pass catchers on the Bucs, 
They're all going to see a decline in production. You're going to see an uptick in Humphreys and Bright because that's Winston's comfortable throwing those guys the ball because it's easier for him. There's a lot of conspiracy theories going around Tampa. There has been for the last decade, it seems like. One of them was, and I don't know if it has any credibility, is that Mike Evans didn't play well in the beginning because he wanted Winston get his job back. So you well, I mean, I mean but he, he, had, he, had some, he had some decent games. I don't think he could say he had a bad start to the season. You know, Deshaun want, uh, Jackson definitely wants Fitzpatrick. I mean. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's an obvious thing. I think the, just those two match up way better in terms of quarterback to receiver combinations. But on – to some brighter news, another 2-2 two and two team, albeit one in the complete opposite direction of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is the New England Patriots 2-2 two and two, off the schneid. Now only one game back in the loss column in their division, bro- dropping the Miami Dolphins to 3-1 in the season. The previously undefeated Dolphins, Adam Gase and the boys, were looking real good. People were ready to say Tannehill was a better quarterback than Tom Brady. How about Tannehill? Zero fantasy points. In this one, if you're following that at all, barely threw for over 100 yards on the day. Mr. Allendale, what the hell happened? Well, they won the game. They had to win. And look at this division. Is this the worst division in football? It always is. You got the Buffalo (laughs) Bills and the New York Jets. They're both going to have losing seasons. Maybe maybe they might win four or five games apiece. And then you're banking on Miami to uh, take the crown away from uh, New England. I don't think that's going to happen. Miami looks... Uh, I'm gonna say they look like uh, maybe a nine and seven team. I mean, you're, look, you're looking at the New England Patriots. Their next four games, they're playing. They're hosting the Colts Thursday night football this week. I think the Colts are a good team, but the Patriots are a better team. Uh, the one I'm really looking forward to is the one in Week Six, October 14th, which is a Sunday night game, and that's going to be the New England Patriots against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, old school versus new school in that one. And then they're at the Bears, at the Bills, back home against the Packers up until November. So it's they don't have the, the, the most cupcake of a schedule like they have had in recent years. Like, but that division schedule is always going to be a cupcake schedule, like you said, for them. And absolutely no competition in that division for the Patriots. The fact they're only one game back now after having a bad back-to-back losses in weeks two and three for them. I think there's nowhere to go but up. Josh Gordon made his debut. The rookie, Sony Michelle from Georgia, had over 25 carries, over 100 yards in the day. He's looking like the answer at running back for them now. How about my boy, Julian Edelman, on my fantasy bench, stashed him in the draft. He's going to be coming back this week. That's Tom Brady's best friend, his go-to guy in the slot. So it's, it's only going to help this offense continue to become more productive for the New England Patriots. How about only two undefeated teams? And this is we're recording this podcast here right before the Monday Night Football game. So let's say the Chiefs win this game tonight against the Broncos. There could be only two undefeated teams left. If the Chiefs lose, there will be only one undefeated team left, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously, we talked a lot about their big Thursday Night Football win earlier last week. But looking forward, is there any other team that impresses you or jumps off? Or what, what is, what's some of your other bigger takeaways of the week? Well, you're not going to like this, but I, I still like Phillip Rivers and the Los Angeles Chargers. You're <laughs> crazy! Oh, man, you're, you're, the, you're the Rivers homer. Two and two, the, the, these guys. I mean, the, the San, Di- San Diego, now Los Angeles Chargers. I, I, I don't know what it is that you see in these guys, man. Phillip Rivers, he's not getting his guy, Keenan Allen, your guy, Keenan Allen, the ball. So what, what's up with the Chargers? They, they barely beat the garoppolo list. San Francisco 49ers at home, 29 to 27. I, I don't know. You tell me, Mr. Allendale. What, 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 why are you so high in the Los Angeles Chargers? Well, it's just Phillip Rivers. I like him. I like Keenan Allen, his receivers. I think they'll get going. I, I, they, they have that unheralded uh, 
running backs. So, so I think they have, they have a lot of weapons. But, but that's just one. Watch out for the Cowboys. They changed their offense around. They, gave, they decided they were going to give the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. He had a career day as far as yards from scrimmage. So they might that that division is looking weak. So why can't the Cowboys win that one? I, nobody nobody has any faith in the Eagles. But see, I like crazy ass people. <laughs> the defending Super Bowl champions probably no one even believes they won it. You have to go check the record books. He high, man. He's hallucinating, smoking that shit. He's high. And, and the team with the best defense in the NFC East is the Washington Redskins. Alrighty. So, yeah, this is just another case of you're saying the Patriots are the Patriots. You're going to say within the next week to two weeks, the Eagles are the Eagles. I mean, look, despite them I don't, I'm not going to say that about losing, them. I'm saying it right now. Despite them winning the Super Bowl last year, they, they won it with their backup, which shows you how good the rest of that team was. And Carson Wentz was the best quarterback in the NFL before he went down. He's just coming off the men right now, becoming the old starter that he was last season. Look, man, th this team lost on a last-second play to the Tennessee Titans on the road this past weekend. I'm not going to overreact and go crazy to it. They're still 2-2 two and two on the season. They're a half game back as it stands right now, the Redskins who are just on a bye. The Eagles are winning this division. No ifs, ands, wow. or buts about it. It's it's This is, to me, the easiest lock. If you make division predictions, predictions in the NF in the you know NFC what? conference outside of the entire NFL and the Patriots winning the AFC East the NFC East is going to the Eagles without a doubt well how about the total NFC I like the Saints they're playing good ball they've won three out of four don't count the Panthers out they had a bye week or... I'm not counting the Panthers out at all I, I think that the Saints and Panthers those two teams are going to go out of the wire trying to win that NFC South title and the Titans were, if the season ended today, the Titans would be the AFC South champs. Yeah, well, what a quarterback who can't feel two fingers in his throwing hand. Yeah, well, they're tied with the Jaguars. Both teams well, said they got 3-1. Yeah, they got the tiebreaker. We'll, we'll see how the rest of the year. I think the Jaguars are still a better all-around team. The Titans have won two very close games. Obviously, the game-winning touchdown pass in overtime for Mariota. It looked good in that game. I think the... You, you said your, your boy Mike Vrabel, new Tennessee Titans head coach, he's your unsung hero of the week. I think that he's made a big difference being that new coach on the sidelines for Tennessee. I think they're a good team, not a great team. I don't think that's a great division. Don't count out Houston or Indianapolis. They, they had a, a tight game go down to the wire in overtime. A lot of people criticizing Frank Reich, but the Texans finally got off the schneid. Deshaun Watson's starting to play better and better each and every week. He's improved. Yeah, he is. Each of the four weeks into this year, he has improved. They have the rookie wide receiver who had 15 targets yesterday, Kiki QT. He's a talented guy. Will Fuller went out with a hamstring injury in that game. If he's back healthy, they might have one of the best three receiver combinations in the NFL outside of the Los Angeles Rams. And I think just looking at the rest, I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about some some homer talk for me. The Cincinnati Bengals, baby, big comeback win on the road at Atlanta. I, I still say Atlanta is one of the most overrated, if not the most overrated team in the NFL. This team has been favored by Vegas every single week to win by almost a touchdown or more. They were favored by, I believe, five and a half or six and a half against Cincy. And look, I, I picked the Falcons to cover. That's a bias pick for me because I'm always setting my expectations low for the Bengals, but. The Bengals were a better football team in this game without their starting running back, Joe Mixon, who's still out for a few more weeks. And they lost their starting tight end, Tyler Eifert, one of their best, if not best, red zone targets on that entire offense. Andy Dalton has been playing so well since last season, since week three of 2017. I'll, I said it last week. I'm going to keep saying it each and every week because the numbers continue to trend up. Since Bill Lazor became the Bengals offensive coordinator in week three of last season, Andy Dalton now has 36 touchdown passes and 13 interceptions. I don't know how that compares 
to the rest of the league quarterback by quarterback, but I know it's one of the top five touchdown interception ratios, if not one of the top two or three in the NFL in that span. Andy Dalton is playing the best football of his career, and this is a team with talent on the defensive line that can put pressure on the opposing quarterback without having to blitz heavy in these games. I don't know if their secondary is all that great. The Falcons moved the ball very well up and down the field, but they were able to force the Falcons into some red zone field goals, which wound up being the difference in this game. Cincinnati now 3-1, and one, tied with the Ravens atop the AFC North in a division that many thought would either be the Browns or the Steelers this year. Browns and Steelers both one win, two losses, and yeah. one tie now. Talking about quarterbacks, all four rookie quarterbacks started Sunday, and they all lost. But – there's hope for, for the Cardinals, who are the only winless team. Josh Rosen, I thought, did good. 15 for 27, 180 yards, one TD, no picks. And they got their guy missed a field goal that would have had a 20-20 tie. And who knows what would have happened. That would have been the fourth game to go in overtime. But I think they found the quarterback. If he can stay healthy, David Johnson picked up 71 yards, uh, 22 carries with a touchdown. That's uh, encouraging for Cardinal fans, so that, that, that might be the, the best feel-good team of the week, even though they're 0-4, and uh, it shows you got to have a lot of patience in, in the NFL if you're a rookie quarterback, and again, I'm going back to Dan Marino was the last rookie quarterback to tear up the league, and that was back in the early 80s. So you calling Rosen the next Marino? You, you going that insane. far? That's your boy right there, the chosen I, Rosen. I'm, I'm worried about him standing upright, staying healthy. Uh, he's not, He doesn't have a – a bulky. Tell your boy Josh to hit the weights. He needs to do some more yeah, bench press and push-ups. That, guy, that guy's a, a rail out there. But man. Th- throws, a, throws a beautiful pass. I, I know you're all starry-eyed over his spirals that Josh Rosen's throwing in those games. I think my, I might have to get you a Josh Rosen jersey for Christmas, Mr. Allendale. Been loving that guy since he played at, at UCLA. Yeah, but man. he did look good. His stat line wasn't so great, but I think ignore the stat line in this game. He moved the ball up and down the field. He gave the Cardinals hope on offense and hope is something they just simply have not had all season long. I think all things looking up for an 0-4 team that's now 0-3 at home in their first four games of the season. Who would you take for the rest of the season if you had to, to put in a starting quarterback on your team as a rookie, Baker Mayfield or Josh Rosen? Well, that's a tough one. If I knew that Rosen could stay healthy, I'd go with him. And I, I bake, Mayfield will be my number two guy. Darnold and, and Josh Allen. I don't know if Josh Allen's ever going to make it in this league. I, Josh Allen struggled mightily, to say the least, I against saw, the Packers yeah. on Sunday. Lambeau Field, the uh, Packers pitching a shutout, making my fantasy football team look good. And how about just looking at all the scoring in the league? I mean, we talked about how these roughing the passer penalties and other rule changes over the offseason were going to make a big difference. And just real quick before you get into your rant of the week here and wrap up this NFL Rants and Raves and Recaps podcast, eight games out of the 15 were decided by a touchdown or less. So many close games, a lot of exciting football going down to the wire. How about this? Seven out of the 15 games with 50-plus combined points. So if you went to Vegas and you bet the over on every single game on the list, I think you came out making some good money. How about an eight of those games were decided by 49 points or more? There was one game that, was, that, that had 49 combined points out of those two teams. So a lot of high-scoring games, a lot of close games. What more can you ask for if you're a football team? Well, how about a break, for the, fan. How about a break for the Cleveland Browns? I mean, I'm not a Browns fan. I'm not a Hugh Jackson fan, but I got to feel that guy. Something's not right with him when it comes to good fortune. There were two plays in that game, and I'm looking at the one play. I've watched it about 20 times 
where Derek Carr was stripped of the ball by Miles Garrett. I mean, I'm watching it right now. And it's a fumble. It's a clear fumble. And the ref, for some reason, ruled that his forward motion was stopped and he negated the fumble. That was a huge play. I mean, they were... They were down by six points with about six-plus minutes left in the game. And then it happened, you know, when they get another bad break on when they respotted the ball when the, the Browns thought they had a first down. And uh, for whatever reason, they, they replayed it. And they, they ruled that the spot was wrong. I mean, spotting the ball is so subjective. But they, they made him redo it, and, and the replay guy said, no, you're, you're about a half inch short. So... Hugh Jackson, I don't know, getting bad luck. Uh, maybe he's he's married to bad luck or something like that. So, I don't like to go watch that Derek Carr call. You tell me that that I, I think maybe the ref was quick to uh, save the quarterback. You know, we're in this era of save the quarterback at all costs. But, God, if you look at that play again, the ball's been out for a while while he was moving forward. And the ref never – but but it's up to the replay people to – to take care of that, they should have overturned that. That was a touchdown, by the way. The Browns picked it up, and he was – well, it was close, but they would have had a first down inside the 25, maybe a touchdown. Makes a big difference in the standings, obviously, for the Browns, which is, is the team that actually has some playoff aspirations on the year. I mean, the Raiders start out 0-3. Huge win. Your boy Chucky, John Gruden, getting his first win of the year. His first win in more than 10 years as a head coach, obviously coming back to coach the Raiders this season, getting that huge $100 million-plus contract. And both quarterbacks look good in this game. Derek Carr had his real, really his first good game of the season, four touchdowns, 437 yards. He threw 58 passes. Baker Mayfield, two touchdowns, two picks, 295 yards, about a 50% completion percentage for him. And my, my I'm going to keep my rant short, and I'm going to keep it on the Cleveland Browns and, and Hugh Jackson Get another coach in there, Cleveland. I, I don't know what you're doing with this guy. He's not the reason why you won the, your game last week against the Jets. That was Baker Mayfield. That's your GM for drafting some good talent on the defensive side. This is a team with a good defense. This is the, probably their worst defensive outing of the season. They they did they were doing well on defense before putting up. I'm so sorry, but they were doing well on defense before allowing 21 points in the fourth quarter. And Hugh Jackson, I just want to. A little rant here that I had the Browns kicker in fantasy, and and he was two for two on field goals. But the first touchdown of the game, the Browns go up six to three, and Hugh Jackson decides to go for two, and doesn't get the two point conversion. Okay, he proceeds to go for two on the next two touchdowns that the Cleveland Browns score. And you tell me for a team that needs wins as bad as they do where every single point and every yard counts in the NFL in order to come out victorious on one side of the ball. Why is Hugh Jackson going for two when you can get the free point? I know he got it on the second try, okay? I'm not going to debate whether or not, oh, he got it this many times or didn't get it that many times. That is not a place where you go for two in a football game where the extra point gives you a two-possession lead as opposed to just a field goal lead and every point adds up. They lose by three in this game. Maybe that extra point changes the flow of the game, or the flow of the Raiders' offense as they move the ball up the field. I'm not saying that's why they lost, but absolute brainless coaching, as always, from Hugh Jackson, who is just a glorified offensive coordinator in this league, imposing himself as a head coach on the sideline. It's an absolute joke. I'm rooting for the Browns to win games. I'm I used to live in Cleveland for a short while downtown, footsteps from their stadium. I support Cleveland sports in general and most Ohio sports in general, but get 
a new football coach for this team, which has a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Nick Chubb, give him more carries. Three carries for 105 yards. One of them a 63-yarder. Another one a 40-plus-yard touchdown. This guy is the real deal. We saw the talent last year at Georgia. He's a hell of a running back. Him and Sony Michelle should both be starting right now. And I know Carlos Hyde is good, but at least split the carries between those two, Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb. I think the Browns have a lot more potential than what people think. I think they can still finish with a winning record this season, but they got to overcome the brain farts by the coaching staff on this team. It's just a sad story right now in Cleveland, which could arguably be three and one through four games as opposed to one, two, and one. I'm thinking of another thing. I was wondering about the, uh, the letter that Johnny Mansell wrote Baker Mayfield. And I don't know how ESPN, I read, I read the letter. It was just a nice letter wishing him good luck. And I don't know how ESPN got the letter. I don't know who gave it to them. I don't think Manziel did. And they put it on air and they made a big deal about it. And then people started criticizing Manziel. Well, you're trying to take credit for And it was nothing like that <laughs> at all. So, uh, But anyway, Johnny well, They were Man, trying to compare the- those two as being similar personalities and quarterbacks coming out of the draft too. They're training together, practicing together. ESPN or, and other big sports media outlets trying to draw that narrative right there. But go ahead, Mr. Well, I want to I want to throw a plug in for Johnny M. Anyway, this we're not covering the continent, the Canadian Football League, but he did, did throw his first two CFL touchdown passes last week in a 34-29 loss. I want to throw that in for you, Brown Brown fans or anybody that's needs a quarterback. Maybe he'll be back. You know, bring him in as a second string backup. Backup Baker Mayfield. There'll be some good Saturday night, Sunday night parties after the games this season if they do that. Well, that's for 49ers sure. need a quarterback, don't you think so? Well, it's the 49ers definitely need a quarterback. Kaepernick, will, will they bring him yeah, back? I, I don't know. Back. Why does Kyle Shanahan not have better backup quarterbacks on the roster, being the uh, offensive genius that he is? That's what I want to know. Are they really going to roll out C.J. Beathard the rest of the season and basically give up? On the season, I'm not saying Beathard's not a guy who can't step in for a game or two and, and help his team just sustain themselves, but can he actually help them win football games this year with a suspect defense? They've got good skill players on that offense. I don't believe in C.J. Beathard being able to do that. He may get hurt too. And and, and their their third string quarterback. I remember watching him warm up on the sidelines yesterday. Pardon me, I don't know who the hell that guy is. I, I'm gonna have to look up the death chart just to remember his name from the other day. But they're they're a team that's gonna have to bring in somebody. And there, there's got to be better guys sitting on a couch than what the San Francisco 49ers have now as their second and third string quarterbacks on that team, that's for sure. And then just looking ahead here for the last minute as we wrap up this podcast here, some games that I'm going to be looking forward to this, this next week, week five of the NFL season. Thursday night football, obviously Andrew Luck visits Foxborough to play Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Colts are almost in a must-win scenario right now. They're one and three. You can't start one and four in the season and expect to make the playoffs especially not the Indianapolis Colts this season. I think Luck's playing a lot better. He had his best game of the season this past weekend in a, in a shootout against the Texans, but I still think the Patriots come out victorious on that and get above 500. The only thing I, I, that I'm confused about, and you might disagree on this one, Levy and Bell, the embattled missing Pittsburgh Steeler running back slash receiver, says, okay, I'll be the bad guy. I don't know. I don't see him as a bad guy. He, he, staying away from the Steelers, he's making a business decision, uh, and it may backfire on him. He may lose $14 million and never get any of that money back. So he's making a business decision. He's not a hero. He's not a Muhammad Ali. He's not a, none of that. All he's trying to do is, is get a long-term contract, which he's probably not going to get. He's, what, 26? He might get two years. And, by the way, have you seen flashes 
uh, little photos of, uh, of Le'Veon Bell or film. He video. He he put on a few pounds. If you've seen him jet ski and so forth, that's that's the first thing I mentioned. Wait a minute, this guy better <laughs> lose some weight. Maybe they maybe that's why he doesn't want to get back. I don't know, but he's got to get back by the tenth game of the season, or otherwise the season won't count. So he has to be back by game ten. If he doesn't, then this this whole season goes down the drain and he won't be a free agent. Well, let's be clear. Despite him, he, right, people say, oh, he, he's burning a $850,000-plus paycheck every week he doesn't play. And while that's true, he is missing out on that per game. We obviously know he's trying to work out some type of long-term deal longevity. You saw Earl Thomas went out. Yeah, but, he's yeah. a guy who had held out in practice. Now he's out for the season. He might never get that long-term deal, right? I mean, you compare it to the NBA. You know I, Isaiah Thomas never got the long-term deal that he almost got. But that That's stuff sports. like that happens and in professional sports. If you want to blame it on anybody in the NFL, then blame it on the collective bargaining agreement. Blame it on the NFL Players Association, which is the worst union in professional sports. The reason they have the franchise tag is because they agreed to it. But the worst part is the franchise tag is he can't sign with anybody and negotiate another contract until this season is over. That makes no sense from a player's point of view. What was it? But the, this, the Steelers' offense has, has not looked right this year. And, and is that because they don't have Le'Veon Bell? I'm not saying it's only because of that, but I think that's a reason. I think, yeah, James Conner had a huge week one. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's, he's good enough to be your starting running back, okay? But he's not going to be the difference maker that Le'Veon Bell is. Straight up, not saying that the, the – the difference in how much money each of those two guys should get is that big. But Le'Veon Bell is clearly a better starting running back. But I get it. I get why the Steelers aren't going to pay this guy the money he's asking for. And I understand what they're doing. I think as we get a little further into the year, we're four, week, four weeks in. So we're still less than a fourth of the way through the regular season of 17 weeks total in the NFL. In the next week to two weeks, maybe three, four weeks tops, right? So from now over the next 30 days, as we get to week seven, you're going to start to see teams with playoff aspirations, with Super Bowl hopes, start to get a little desperate. You're going to see more injuries. You're going to see more certain teams struggle with the run. They're going to look to say, hey, we've got this extra third-round draft pick. We've got a, what a second-round draft pick I think will be the highest that the Steelers get. I think that's what they're hoping to get. Maybe they get a, couple, a third and a fourth. But teams with these draft picks might say, hey, let's give up this draft pick. Let's bring this guy in just for a season, no guarantee. Maybe he'll help us make a deep playoff run. And, and that's what you're hoping for if you're Bell. That's what you're hoping for if you're the Steelers because that's the only way you're going to get anything this season. So just real quick here, the two game I mentioned Thursday Night Football, the two games on Sunday I think are absolutely going to be the best games of the week. The clash of – Offense versus defense. Jaguars at the Chiefs next week in week five. One o'clock game there. Talking about the best offense in the league, maybe outside of Los Angeles with the Rams and arguably the best defense in the league with the Jaguars. That's going to be one heck of a game at Arrowhead Stadium. And then a four o'clock game, the Minnesota Vikings at the, at, at the Philadelphia Eagles, two teams that I think will still meet in the NFC Championship this year, uh, I think the Saints still are an X factor there. Although their defense has me questioning things right now about my oh, yeah, preseason about NFC Eagles. pick. The Eagles are a one-hit wonder. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Make a little side bet on that, Mr. Allen Dell, because I'm telling you, the, the Eagles are still the best team in the in the NFC in no. my opinion. They have a lot of injuries out. Their best receiver's been out. Two of their running backs have been out. They, they've been playing with everybody a backup quarterback. A, any, Not as much as the Eagles though this year, and they're still a, two and two. What about the Titans. Three and one. Uh, let's let's you forget about your Titans. You're, you're still a Marcus Mariota homer, man. Let's, let's, let's get out of here with that Titans talk. 
All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for our NFL rants, raves, and recaps podcast covering everything in week four. We appreciate you tuning in. Make sure to check out the Family Feud Sports Podcast and all your major podcast platforms out there. We are on the Google Play Store podcast. We're on the Apple Store podcast. We are on all your favorite podcast apps as well as the Anchor app. You can catch us there as well. Every week we put out numerous different podcast episodes. We have our weekly College Insider podcast with The Godfather. We have our NFL Quick Picks picking every game against the spread. We have our NFL Deep Sleeper Fantasy Waiver Wire podcast that we put out early in the week. That's new as well. Make sure to stay tuned to the Family Feud Sports Podcast where two lifelong sports journalists, also father and son, intensely debate the week's hottest sports news. I'm Christelle, your host, the mad journalist. Yeah, and I'd like to sign off by, by the great legend Chuck Berry, Johnny B. Good. Johnny B. Good. You heard him. The Godfather, Mr. Allen Dell. Find him on Twitter at A Dell Sports. Find me on Twitter at Mad Journalist. That's M A D D Journalist, Mad Journalist with two D's. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Yeah. Steve Harvey, Mr. Family Feuding, Baby Mama Drama, Got the Family Losing, Smoking, Back, Out the Front Door Fuming, I was just a student, Now you look like foodie, yeah. Hunger Got Me Moving, Starving Artists Too. I'm just being human, I'm a human being I might start a movement, like the Carter 2 When my bitch catch me cheating, we go shop for shoes I'm getting even, now I'm getting even more than that More than that, yeah Swift pie, I want more than half Yeah, two say I want more than that More than that, yeah Hot and ready like you ordered that By the time you try to leave the nigga, I was already done being with you You ain't gotta fight a nigga, baby, that's the door, I'm agreeing with you Take a demons with ya, make sure Make sure I'm done dealing with yeah. ya Steve Harvey, bitch the family feuding Baby mama drama, got the family losing Smoking backwards, out the front door feuding